0: When this boy
1: meets
0: world. What up, bros? What up, bros? And welcome to Brow Meets World. When this boy meets world. Your boy meets world cast, I'm Siege. I am Tony coitus And you guys, we are back. We are back with a very special guest. But before we get into that very special guest, got a little housekeeping. Tony, how you been? What's up to you? What's going on?
2: I found out that green tea has caffeine in it. Yeah, you didn't know that? I thought it had caffeine, (laughs) but I didn't think it was that much. And I've been like in a like Arizona green tea hyper fixation. And it's been, I was like, why am I not sleeping anymore? And it turns out that <laughs> drinking a lot of green tea after midnight is not.
0: Yes, it is literally, like, green tea tea is caffeinated. For those of you who don't know, I'm
2: saying that because I want you to include this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was like a low, like such a low amount. It's like, uh- no, green tea is like, honestly, like I don't drink
0: coffee, but I'll drink tea because like coffee, the caffeine in coffee just like gets me up here, but the caffeine sure. in tea is more subtle. It's gonna hit you, but it's still there.
2: Mm, yeah i've I've learned about the hard (laughs) way as i at like 7 p.m recording this drinking more green tea (laughs) uh have you found like a substitute um you know i got a soda stream for christmas (gasps) and i have to say i'm loving it i love a fizzy water like, yes. there is nothing that feels more refreshing, more luxurious than, like, fizzy water hitting my mouth. And to like, be able to make it at home, game-changing.
0: No, no, no. I love that. Like, this is, like, one of those things where or those conversations where I'm like, we are older. <laughs> yes. But, like, but at the exact same time, I wouldn't change it because, you're right, getting a soda stream, mm, we got um my husband, a Keurig. game changing, And, like, like... I ain't gotta worry about that pot being there all day mm-hmm. and like all this other stuff. It's just like a little cup. I
2: truly wish I got a Keurig. I so regret getting having a coffee pot because I'm notorious for making way too much coffee. Just exactly. single serve. This is all I need. We got my father-in-law one, and he was like, What? <laughs> I just you- gotta push it down. Mm. The soda stream, bruh, such a game changer because one of the things is that no one ever wants to deliver waters to my apartment because they don't want to bring it upstairs. Yeah. So I'm constantly having to lug large water. Not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> I make my own fizzy water. I got my filter. I got my soda stream. Can't tell me shit. Uh, did you do the flavors? I have a ginger ale and I have a lime, and it's great. I didn't even like. Here's like I knew about the line. I knew they do ginger ale. Oh, they you can do upgraded. every soda flavor there is. What you can just I mean, make soda called, at home. It's I, I, amazing.
0: I know they they advance ginger ale. Mm. 2024,
2: we do this shit at home. <laughs> you have to do everything at home. <laughs> you got McDonald's money? Then I guess we eat <laughs> at McDonald's at home. Uh Can
0: you make that McDonald's Sprite? From your I, soda stream, I, I can. I just
2: you. You know what? You actually can make it like extra bubbly. I. This is a side <laughs> conversation. We can have it later. But you can make it so like caffe, like so full of bubbles and intense. It's like spicy. It's ooh, I love it. One of my um,
0: favorite memes is like the idea of someone being like, "I just want to go back to like the 16th century and hand a peasant a McDonald's right like that."
1: <laughs> it would kill him. It would just kill exactly. him. Like, words! <laughs> witch! witch, witchcraft. Like, like we have a tolerance built up for you. <laughs> give that to somebody who hasn't. Exactly. <laughs> for
2: no, forget the McDonald's for sprite. I'm bringing back for loco. Fuck them. Oh, no. Fuck hey. em. Here's the thing. <laughs> I gotta tell you. Sprite is like it's simple, it's
0: harmless. May a head explode, possibly you give someone from anyone before 1980 a four loco man every the whole
2: organ shutting down <laughs> I'm going to jail for murder <laughs>
1: immediately
0: okay let's get back to it
2: uh um, well, I have <laughs> been holding my tongue the entire time we were setting up for this episode to not talk (laughs) about the Boy Meets World episode because I have so many thoughts and like I've literally just been racking my brain being like what can I talk about right now that's not Boy Meets World because it's all I want to say. Well if that's the case then I will (laughs) not hold us up but if you want to talk to us audience
0: about things that you have to say about uh, this episode or any episode you guys have been very active on our socials. You've been reaching out to us on Patreon. Thank you guys again for subscribing to our Patreon and to our YouTube. As we said, you guys help us get over that threshold. So please continue to subscribe and uh, reach out to us on all the platforms at Brum meets world. But if Tony, if you are eager to talk about this episode and I am eager to introduce our guest, but I think it's time we just do both of those things right now. You guys, welcome back to the show. Miles Warden! <laughs>
1: Thank bye. you, thank you. Bye, bye, bye. What's, up, what's, up, what's up? Hey,
0: you are joining us back for this week's episode, The Honeymooners. Are you excited to be back? Where are you? Been? What's I'm what's so been excited
1: on? to be back? I'm so excited we can talk about shows. Last time I was here, we couldn't mention names of things. So <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. excited as a TV person to actually get to talk about TV this time. <laughs> oh,
2: you even got your boy Meets World shirt? Oh, yeah,
1: I got my boy Meets World shirt. We rocking Corey Team Topanga, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Love the shirt and love to have you back. Um, as our listeners uh, will know, like you said, you were here talking about the strike last time. And now we get to talk about Boy Meets World, which is a big deal because you have your own connections to some of the writers and producers of, the, of Boy Meets World. If you just remind our listeners real fast, your connection to the show before we jump in.
1: Okay. Uh, I'm a really big fan. So when I moved to L.A., it was about the same time that the reboot Girl Meets World uh, kicked off. So as a fan and just as, uh, somebody who was trying to pick up all the knowledge of TV I could, I decided to go to one taping. One taping led to two tapings. I <laughs> met some really cool people there. And then uh, we spoke to some of the cast members and they were like, oh, we want you to come back every week. And they could have just been, that could have been Hollywood Talk for all I know, but I took it literally. <laughs> and I came back every single week. So I went to every single taping of Girl Meets World uh became really big friends with Mark Bluntman who's my big brother, father figure, mentor. Uh I was just on the phone with him. He says, What's up, by the way? Uh without Mark? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Michael Jacobs ended up writing me and my writing partner uh a letter recommendation against the ABC program. Um Ooh. back then. Like we just like he read some of our scripts and we all just clicked and they've been trying to like help us out and me and the cast and the writers, we've been bonded ever since.
0: Yeah, and uh, Miles, do you have any history with creating television at all?
1: I do indeed. <laughs> Actually, also speaking of the connections, um, me and Bluntman and Danielle are currently cooking up something with my writing partner right now, so fingers crossed on that. Um, but yeah, so I was also a writer on *Act Your Age*, which came out not too long ago, and it will be uh re-airing on Netflix. Pretty soon, maybe in like another month or two. Season one will be on Netflix. Oh,
0: y'all got that Netflix deal?
1: Got the Netflix, (laughs) so uh, look out for that. Uh, Until then, I believe you can find it if you look for it on Amazon. So if you're fans of TV, TV actresses, legends like Yvette Nicole Brown, Mm. Campbell, Mm -hmm. like Kim Whitley, definitely Mm. check that out. It's a living single uh, meets uh, Golden Girls vibe. So I think everyone will appreciate that as sitcom lovers
0: yeah i am currently on my living single rewatch so this sounds perfect also who do we have to talk to to get like a living single reboot animated series whatever it may be i need it that's the (laughs) the
1: animated series uh take on it that's a smart uh take i keep always hearing the rumors about them rejuvenating the the original version but i never heard of animated that would be dope yeah absolutely
2: yeah i want to go into the living single verse (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: happen, that will be exactly absolutely all right so we're going to talk about boy meets world this week uh and we are talking about the honey movers this is this is the movie sorry the movie this is the episode right after our really big season seven episode seven which is where cory and Topanga got married as a follow-up to that conversation you guys you found the wedding website one of our listeners went and she did the research, showed us the link to where we actually have a live version of the Cory and Topango website. You can navigate it, everything like you used to. Uh, were you able to check that out, Tony?
2: Absolutely. And it's such like... A tr- a time travel back to like 1999, like to see a website like uh, I don't know if it's Angel Fire, like I don't know how to describe this <laughs> website, but just to see like such a rudimentary website from that time just really took me back in like a weird way. It's like getting on an old Atari again. It's just like, what is this? Why am I back in time? It was actually way more advanced than I expected it to be for like a 1999 website. I was like, okay. Well, they had that Disney money, so. Oh,
0: right, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, T, do you want to get into the tell me about it for this episode?
2: Absolutely. And I just want to throw this out there. This was one of the banned episodes. <gasps> <gasps> this episode was removed from syndication i'm sure you can guess why oh really Uh, (laughs) it's all about Corey and topanga humping and pumping so i i can see why that would be the case but um i just wanted to remind our viewers that that this was one of the ones that was not aired in um on disney channel
0: so glad that you did that
2: okay uh give us the tell me about it
0: okay
1: Real.
2: Tell us about it. Going to Penga honeymoon and don't want to leave their newfound paradise, but familiar coconuts make the couple think twice. Tell us about it. Eric is also there, I guess. Shows up to help out his new brother and bride, but only ends up getting eaten alive.
0: Okay, that very much like this episode was drawn out, but
2: <laughs> very much like this episode. We didn't
0: need the Eric part,
2: but I always love the extra effort. But that's the point. We didn't need the Eric part. We didn't need it by song. We didn't need it in the episode. All right, you guys. This is season seven, episode eight The Honeymooners.
0: Corey and Topango begin their new lives as Mr. and Mrs. Matthews. On their honeymoon, in a tropical paradise, they meet a nice retired couple and consider relocating permanently. In a subplot, Eric follows them and acts cartoony for some reason.
2: <laughs> All right, Miles, what is your... Where, where, you where, where,
1: you where thoughts, are you at? First
2: thoughts, first impressions.
1: My first thoughts are... I mean, I loved it. Like, it was a fun, it was chaotic. Like, you were right, Eric doesn't really need to be there, but he's hilarious as much as he's there. So, like, I appreciated all of it. They wrapped it up really well at the end with the heart and, like, the the message at the end. Uh, there was a line specifically that, were, like, really caught me uh, that I appreciated um, everything about it. Like, honestly, it, it was very season seven, too. Like, I don't know. I I've been mm-hmm. listening to the... To the and I know how you guys feel, and it was very season seven. So you got to take these episodes one by one. I try not to <laughs> tie them all together, even though I feel like this episode and the prior episode and the one after it are kind of like a trilogy of sorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, I, I'm a fan. I I liked it.
0: Uh, it's so funny that you say that. Hey, I love that you're like it's a season seven episode. We got we gotta take it bit by bit.
1: You can't you can't look at it too closely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't don't think too much. Just sit back and enjoy. Uh
2: Tony, what were your thoughts? Because I have mine, but you know, I'll say this. I always grew up kind of hating this episode. Yeah, like I never it liked it episode. as a kid. I always thought it was a bad episode. Watching it now, I gotta say, I liked it more than I thought I would. Is it still very season 7? Yes. Does Eric have some like jump the sharkish moments? I think so. Like the my issue with this episode is that it could have been a perfect episode. It, Agreed. Just a few things had been tweaked. If a few things had been changed, I think this could have been an amazing episode. Cuz like Miles said, I love the plot of like hey, we're on vacation, let's stay here forever, but like what really makes What defines paradise? Like, I love that. That's a perfect sitcom theme and it fits perfectly with the show. I just, you know what? I I feel like there was just some moments where Eric was a little too much for me. So we can get into the weeds, but Siege, what were your impressions? Everything that you both said, if I'm going to be honest,
0: I liked this episode more than I expected. Tony, last week you told me, you were like, oh, this is a terrible episode. So I kind (laughs) of went into it being like prepared. And honestly, I don't remember much, but I do remember that Eric went with them on their honeymoon and he's like in the background so i was expecting hijinks however the main storyline i was like this is good this is a good lesson this is some good character acting with our supporting cast i really liked where we were going this episode has so much to talk about in terms of bra world in terms of did this hold up in terms of are we doing like like there was a lot to say from that aspect of it. But in terms of the sitcom, in terms of Boy Meets World, and in terms of a season seven episode,
2: honestly, not that bad. I okay. really <laughs> just kind of have, like, to talk to you guys right off the bat about this opening honeymoon scene. Uh, I felt, inv- it felt invasive to me. I'm not going to lie. Like,
0: I I know there are probably plenty of fans who love that we got this scene. And to be honest, Corey has been, like he says, he's been waiting for this his entire life. An exaggeration? Yes. But I'm sure many of men had felt this way. The excitement and the rush. We got to talk about, we got to talk about Topanga saying, hey, there's a such thing as foreplay.
2: Yes, and Corey I going. to. I Don't need it. The <laughs> yeah. panga says, I might need it, and then Corey said, You had 17 years of it, or something like that. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think. Too, and then you <laughs> said you had been waiting like 12 years or something crazy. But so, one of the things that stuck out to me, like, I wrote this down, I was like, This level, and that when you said it was banned, I was like, Okay, I get that. Because the main takeaway was this episode was pink, peak horniness. Like, I there, were, <laughs> there was so much <laughs> over. Oh, horniness like just all over this episode coming from Corey. so like i'm not surprised that they couldn't play it on disney channel at all um yeah.
2: and you you gotta feel bad for topanga like Corey is not putting in the work he's not taking the time he doesn't care if the bath is ready he's jumping in yeah. so, and- are we agreeing that Corey is a jackrabbit like Corey was like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he said when the cops came in, give us two minutes.
1: That was one of my favorite fr- it was hilarious though. I'm not gonna lie, like as crazy as it was, I wrote that up to us like when he said, Hey, you couldn't have waited just two minutes. Cause I mean that's honest. Like, hey, that man, he's been a virgin for his whole life. He He'd been waiting on this night. It wasn't going to last too much longer. They could have gave him two minutes. Two
2: minutes. <laughs> you know, I got to say, I got very uncomfortable both as a child and again during this episode when Topanga got naked. Yes! It was weird for me. It was weird for me as a kid, too, watching that with, like, my mom. And it was just oh, like, ooh, yes. ooh, awkward. There's
0: something weird. Like, at, I'm, I'm not... So, there's, like, a whole discussion about Gen Z and whether or not nudity is necessary in storytelling and all this other stuff. And usually I would argue for it i feel like there is nothing problem with sexuality and sex scenes in movie and television specifically when it's called for it and you could argue that we are talking about a boy who we have grown up with losing his virginity so i kind of get it but i also felt like why are we doing this this feels like it should be private moment like i don't want to see danielle like curled up in the sheets like being like, hey, I have nothing on under this now. Mind you, I'm also thirty something, and I should not want to see a teenage version of Danielle doing this. But I do, yeah. I do understand why it's in there. And I, I personally was like, I could
1: I could double that. Part missing. for me was the age factor because I was trying to, I was reverse engineering. <laughs> like, okay, how old was she when she taped this scene? and they put this in. That part of it was weird to me, but as, like, a viewer watching it, again, from his perspective, and like you said, we've been on this journey with him for so long, and he's been so overtly horny for so long. You guys brought up the episode where he just, let me see something. Like, he was just, like, he's been, like, just wanting this for so bad, so I feel like as an audience, we should get to see the beginning portions of it and whatnot, and so I I, I did appreciate it, but it did hit me weird, because I was just, like, taping-wise, logic-wise, like, how old is she when she was doing this, and What's really happening? So logistically, it was weird to me. But as a fan, I was happy to for him to have that moment.
2: Something else I thought was interesting was that both of them brought up other men. Corey was like, I wish yeah. Sean was here. And Topanga said, I love Eric. <laughs> and so it was just an interesting conversation to have. It's like, hey, we're naked for the first time and we're still not giving each other our complete attention. <laughs> it was interesting.
0: <laughs> that... Or he's like, I wish Sean was here. I was like, all right, the codependency is at max. Because if yes. you are with your girlfriend for the very first time, you're, or your wife for the very first time, you're about to uh, officiate your your marriage and you are thinking, I wish Sean was here. I, I feel like there's a problem. I feel like we got to start, like <laughs> we got to draw a line somewhere. If I was to paint God, I'd be like, I just let you make a fool at me on my wedding day. I can't even have this moment but like
1: <laughs> that was the true sign that like he sean is the true love of his life <laughs> at that moment yeah <laughs> at the end of the day they were in game <laughs> and
0: that's what that to your point miles that was what i thought about i was like if i look at this from the person very much like i argued last week if i look at this from the perspective of what all the writers have told us which is that Corey and sean are the main relationship it makes sense that Corey would Bring up Sean and be like, this is a milestone in my life. Who would I want here? Is it my wife? No, 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 no. It's my life
2: partner, Sean. Yep. But like, I feel like in order to do that, you have to not really see Topanga as a person. I like, didn't say that it's a good observation. Yeah. I it, <laughs> <an>
1: observation. <laughs> it just, I mean, it fits the, the boy we know at this point. Like, is, is good or bad? Like, he is who he is and it makes sense. You're right.
0: Honestly, that's what's going to help me get through Season 7. Yeah. Just accepting Corey for who
1: he is. Yeah. Like
0: A lot of it is like like even when we talked about Topanga and be like, the Topanga we know wouldn't do that. I was like, oh no, no, no. She hasn't been that Topanga in a while. So yeah. the Topanga we know now would accept this. The Corey we know now would behave this way. And that's just what I got to deal with. I, yeah. I ain't got to like it, but for a Season 7 episode I am just taking it like
2: are you still adhering to the world you've built so far? And to that point, can I just say, like, 1999, I don't know if you guys remember, like, what was going on in the world during that time. But, like, we're talking about the, like, year of Austin Powers, American Pie. Like, this as a tool for telling a high school story was almost, like... So tropey and so expected that maybe it was just like so a part of the culture that they weren't questioning it. It's like when you hear someone use the R word in like an eighties movie, and you're like, oh, and you're like, well, I I guess it was acceptable back then. Maybe I don't know. Like you just have to when you put things within the the time frame of when things were released. I guess it can kind of help you look over some of these things that are a little awkward to see now. Um, I've said
0: this numerous times, and I'll say it again, particularly. When we are talking about um, the American pie of it all, yeah, we we also just talked about the website. This is the level of website that we are getting. So internet porn is not there yet. (laughs) It's all like the horniest factor, at least as displayed on television goes down drastically once we introduce internet porn <laughs> because everyone is no longer like on edge like oh my god i saw an ankle like Corey, <laughs> like <laughs> like when Corey is like i can't do this by myself which is a hilarious joke for those who know once you get internet porn you're like oh you can't like
2: yeah. <laughs> engine by yourself and she can join in later you know what i'm saying <laughs> um one last thing to say about this scene before we move on um i just i thought their kissing was very awkward it was that kind of forced kissing that they had in the bed before the police break in i was like there's nothing about this that feels like sexy it feels like you're kissing your brother like
1: a first wife kiss like but yeah, yeah yeah, it didn't
2: yeah well i
0: mean i think a we have to admit that they've known each other for like a while now so i think it's probably there probably is some like awkwardness, and also we don't have intimacy coordinators, so I think yeah. that there is a possibility of even if Danielle's not really like undressed under there, it's still like her with Ben in front of everyone that she's known being sexualized yeah. in a way, mm-hmm. like in the maximum way she can be sexual, sexualized. Sure. So, and which uh, in a way that they haven't done with Topanga's character specifically
2: up until this point well she's married now so she can now enjoy (laughs) that type of humor that's been reserved for rachel exactly (laughs) um so the police come in they get arrested because of eric's mishap Eric is there, and he is in the hallway, and he's like, oh, Corey, how cool is it that we get to go in the paddy wagon or whatever? And I was like, I have to address this as the bra world of it all, that, like, only white kids get to be excited to be arrested.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That was the same thing I was thinking about, too. I was like, there's no way this amount of cops show up. Like, it wasn't like it was one or two. It was an outrageous number of cops that showed up, making the scene feel extremely dangerous, and he was still, like, very excited. Like a kid who was going to ride on the back of a fire truck or something. Like he, it was so giddy. And that yeah,
0: <laughs> I love that you said that because my question was: Hey, there are two things. One, Eric is outside the room, so I'm like, did Eric rattle them? Because in this world, like we understand that they bust up the party downstairs, but how do they know where Corey and Tavanga are? And yeah. specifically, since Eric is right outside the door, I was like, Eric snitched.
2: <laughs> like <He> snitched. <laughs>
0: He snitched. And that's why he like, like like they are being interrupted. But when they also come in and they're like, Are you Mr. and Mrs. Peterson? No, that's why you're being arrested. I was like, Oh yeah, that's fraud. Like yeah. that's like, you're, like you are in big trouble. How yeah. like I want to explore the legal system and thank written, you. No no, thank
1: no, 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 no. See, again, that's what you can't do for this episode. Go <laughs> away your logic. If you start trying to go down logical rabbit holes, you will get lost and never come back to where we need you to be. <laughs> 100%. You cannot get lost in the sauce.
2: But I cannot lie and say that I did not think, wow, there was a lot of police officers for an issue that never comes back again. We never hear what the ramifications are, but it's fine. It's Looney Tunes. We're just forgetting about yeah, it. We're moving I just went on.
1: with it. And it's crazy. I didn't even think about the fact that maybe Eric snitched. I was optimistic. Optimistically thinking that he was there, he was gonna like warn him, like, hey, the cops are coming, and then he realized what was going, on, so he just got stuck outside. I didn't even think about the other way it could have to your
0: outside. point. That would be a, like, all right. So let's just talk about like a little bit, just so everyone knows. This is mainly the majority of the episode is one storyline, so it's like the A storyline. And Eric kind of comes in and out, but he doesn't really get his own storyline. So I'm not gonna call it a B storyline. So I feel like we can bring up Eric now. Yeah. And I say that to say, when I look at this, I was like, the whole point of Eric in this episode is to add comic relief to what is somewhat a really heavy, serious, almost afternoon special episode, but like one for married college kids. You know, what is family really? What is paradise really? wanting to escape from the realities of your world i get that so they bring in eric to make it fun but to your point there are ways to bring in eric that make it fun that makes sense so had eric like when danielle says when tabanga says i wish i i want to thank eric had eric burst through the room in that moment and you know you're like what are you doing here like anything like that and he's like they're coming they're coming for you you know something like that and then the cops come in that's funny and it explains eric being there and it kind of shows eric being a a responsible big brother and it making sense of him wanting to join them i mean like i messed up on the wedding and now i need to make up for it but for him to just be giddy and standing outside a you snitch b you we all going to jail
1: Yeah, there was no... The excitement should have been lost just a little bit.
2: (laughs) I I just want to speak on this real fast. Um, Siege, I agree. I think Eric was there for comedic relief. I think he was also there to de-age a very adult storyline. Here we have two characters fucking for the first time. Very awkward for kids watching with their parents. Let's have Eric like talk to us a spider and call it a bird. Like really childish humor to offset the adult storyline that's going on, um which I think was important and strategic and like very like planned by Michael Jacobs or the network somehow. Um the other thing I just want to say is I think to fix the issue of making Eric make sense is if the cops Don't catch Corey and Topinga that night. They go on the honeymoon that's meant for Mr. and Mrs. Peterson. And Eric has to go to ensure that they're able to scam their way through the entire time and have a perfect honeymoon without getting caught. And I think at the end of this is where, you know, maybe Eric gets pulled away by the authorities or something. But at least that would make sense as to why he's there, as to why he's outside his brother's room when he's having sex for the first time. It's weird. Exactly.
1: Yeah, if there was any concern for logic, your fixes would have been.
2: <laughs>
1: Unfortunately, that was not on the table here today. But...
0: If there was any concern for logic, <laughs> your storyline would be A1. That would have
1: made a lot of sense. Where are we are trying to make sense. So, was really important today? You right.
0: You right. <laughs> I'm gonna bring that back when we do these in the future. <laughs> if there was any room for logic? You want it. <laughs> okay. But yeah, like t- to your point, T, I do want to acknowledge what you said, I think is really smart because like even like let- let's even take it further and say that um Eric is there to help them have a good honeymoon. It's not the Petersons because of course you need passports and all this other stuff, but it's their honeymoon and all this other stuff. But when we get back, that's when the cops show up and they're like, hey, you know, like again, because I like the idea of Corey and Topanga getting away with it and then the cops come and because at that point in time you get some kind of bookend to the storyline of for the previous episode but if you just started off with that there is no way Corey gets out in time to meet his plane you know like what kind of lawyers y'all got on standby (laughs) or because they have eric do they just
2: have a lawyer on standby? <laughs> I would imagine you'd have to. This dude started multiple fires. Like he's yeah. a danger. He gave money to a monkey. He's a liability. Um, <laughs> I feel like we really missed an opportunity to insert some humor into this show by skipping over the night they spent in jail. Because we find out that Corey spent the night with a man named Sheila in prison. And I just feel like we missed a little window of humor. I don't know if there was like, we, we have too many new sets or whatever, but it just seemed like that could have been fun need to explore
1: that could have been a whole episode by itself honestly <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah that, that and see
0: that's what i'm saying like i i think that if you move it to they get arrested at the end yeah. then your punchline of like even the cop being like you're gonna spend your next married night right with a dude named sheila it makes more sense right um to your point when we talk when we end this scene where Corey and topanga uh have gotten arrested they pick up the entire bed which i thought was nice that the cops, (laughs) like at least allowed them the decency of just carrying the entire bed instead of like making them walk out naked. Um, We get, they arrive at this place, which I I had so many problems with their honeymoon destination because it looked like, and kind of references Hawaiian-esque things, but I did notice that it's never explicitly Hawaii. It's just tropical. That does not stop the things that I'm about to say about <laughs> appropriation and cultural appropriation and the, the, the commentary that is made in the background. However, mm-hmm. I was like, you are not officially Hawaii, and therefore some of my arguments don't hold up
2: i'm so glad you brought this up because i thought the same thing i thought they were very careful to avoid the destination i thought it was very interesting that this tropical destination was filled with white people maybe it was hawaii for that reason from um, ohio <laughs> yeah that sounds like hawaii to me <laughs> um, <laughs> but i also found it to be very similar in their view of like I don't know Polynesian culture, Correct. As it was during the um, what was it game that show. game show episode that they did, yeah. where they were like the huh, 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 like that kind of like tribal Polynesian group kid that came out. It just feels like they have an interesting relationship with that culture.
1: No, I, I definitely agree, and it it definitely gave me those exact same vibes from the game show element. So I would I would love to know in their minds where they were at. I don't know if they was waiting on a sponsorship, the name drop, and then it didn't come through, so they kept the name out. <laughs> what
0: to do Oh, that's a really good point. Like, I didn't think like this is why I wanted yeah. you here because I was like, you have behind the scene knowledge yeah. of like why some of these decisions may be made. But to to me, when I was looking at this, I was like, We we already know that Hawaii in general for television has been like a very go-to destination, a for shows to go to in general. And a part of me was like, A, it's the final season, I can understand, but So many people have spoken to us over the last two episodes about how they feel like Corey and Topanga deserve more. Like they deserve more fanfare for their wedding. They deserved for it to be a two-parter. And I look at this and I'm like, why didn't they go to Hawaii? Boy Meets World has never gone to Hawaii. So the idea of sending just this two, because we don't need Eric, but if you need Eric to stay, three. Have three people. Go to Hawaii. Do that like uh, what is it called? Synergy thing. That I
2: was- I wonder if the Disney Resort was open in Hawaii yet, because I feel like that would have been a great like tie-in commercial, like like they much like they did with the Disney World episode. Yeah. They would have been able to market something there. Um, I you know what's very interesting is that they live in Philadelphia. It makes far more sense for them to go to Aruba or even like 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 bahamas like any of that would be significantly closer than hawaii then they'd have to cast black people and that wasn't going to happen
1: so. <laughs> again only if you're thinking logically but if not <laughs> you can do whatever you
0: want <laughs> uh yeah no all right that's a really good point my whole point, and for those of you is like, there is something to be said about white people leaving the state like the mainland and going somewhere else and being like, this is where they have it figured out. I ain't got to worry about all of the politics that I help participate in. I ain't got to worry about all of the social structures that I benefit from. Mm -hmm. I can just move to this new warm location and live life high on the hog. Like there's a big problem that we have going on right now with like Mexico and Hawaii and all these other places where people are moving.
1: Americans are Taking advantage of the situation that they, like you said, like leaving the situation that they've created here and then taking advantage of the good situation that they have there. Like, Oh, I can buy all of these things for five bananas or whatever the joke is. It's like everything's super cheap. And then you're going to come there and colonize it and then raise the prices on all of those things. So they're no longer going to be cheap. It's like, yeah, it's definitely problematic.
0: That's the thing that, like, the problematic part for me is not just, like, colonialism in general, gentrification in general, all of that, really big problem. But it's also the way that we don't respect these cultures when we move there. Like, I do feel like the thing that, the thing that's a little better when you make it Hawaii is that they usually cast someone Hawaiian. You usually have some kind of reverence to Hawaiian culture. But here, you just can make ooga booga jokes. You could just say, I got all of this for five bananas as if other economies aren't real and don't have <laughs> logic behind them. You know, like right. if that's the thing that bothers me is when you when you do something like this and you A, make it generalized, but B, you even in your generalization, colonize, con- colonialize it, you are taking away the history and the legitimacy of these cultures and their own economy because you've just made up something and the joke is if you travel anywhere outside the us their currency isn't real okay
2: 100 right, <laughs> i have more to say about this but i'm like i don't know if we want to skip too far ahead but I, okay, okay okay i definitely want to circle back to what you said about like leaving the country and like taking advantage of another economy i want to circle back to that later okay okay
0: we'll come back to it all right so what we're going to do right now is we go they uh go to their hotel room they
2: bang it's the
0: the waves crashing I'm not gonna lie like the, I, and I'm only hitting on this because I expect people to uh expect us to acknowledge it the idea of Corey being like I don't want to carry you over the threshold you carry me as usually I would like call out Corey I thought it funny I thought it was funny I thought it was like an interesting fun approach he wasn't necessarily like. It wasn't ill-willed. It was just like, no, nah, it was superstitious. It was like, last time I carried you over, a cops came. So I ain't about to do it this time.
2: Yeah, I, I interpreted it the same way. I think that some people might, modern women might uh, characterize his behavior as sassy, quote unquote. <laughs> Sprinkle, sprinkle kind pringle, of <laughs> but I, I saw as more as your thing that he was just he didn't want it to get mixed up.
1: Yeah, and then and we, he's not too macho to be like, No, my woman can't care. Like it just fit his personality, like you said. I thought it was funny.
0: Exactly. And then he said something like Ravage Me while he's on the band. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah,
1: which I, I also appreciated him. because he's been the other way for so long, like as if he was gonna ravage her or whatever. So like for him to flip it, like I appreciated that flipping her having the power and control in the when it actually occurred. After all of these times he was trying to have the power and the control, it just, it, it made me appreciate the moments that came before it even better too. So
2: and I can, can I just say, for all the jokes I made about Corey in the beginning skipping over foreplay and just being a hump it a pump it kind of dude, a one minute man, both Corey and Topanga seem like significantly in better attitudes for the rest of the episode. Like I they seem so to- much happier. I was gonna say
0: to you specifically, in this I, I knew you were gonna step on it, which is why I was like, I noticed that Corey is romantic with Topanga for the first time in like in years ever. And I was like, Oh, all it took was finally giving that boy some nookie. Mm-hmm. Some nicknick. <laughs> he needed that nicknick. You get that nicknick, and all of a sudden he's romantic. He's like, we can dance with no music. Like, you know what I'll hum in your ear. Like, that's all it took for him to start respecting
2: Tobago again. And I thought it was, I was like, that's very telling. It's very telling. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I thought they were really sweet together. I, and it, it was, but, it was like a noticeable sweetness that had been missing from their relationship. And I was just like, oh, it's, I wish there was more of the sweetness in the wedding episode. Like, I'm I'm glad to have it here, but it's weird that it wasn't kind of incorporated more when they got married.
1: Yeah, it definitely reminded, like while I was watching all of those sweet moments, like remind, okay, this is why we love Cory and Tepang. Like, this is the image and the moments that we remember and the feelings and the sentiment that they share and the, the bond that they have between each other. Like, this is it right here, like.
0: Yeah, and then we meet the Nelsons, uh, right? At, like they, like you said, we have waves crashing, I guess, which is always television, um, like euphemism for copulation. And uh, right after we see Topanga and she meets, uh, we're hitting our roll call, Anne Haney, who plays Mrs. Nelson. Great uh, character
2: actor. She's been in a ton of shit.
0: She also was in Mrs. Doubtfire <laughs> with our Matthew Lawrence, so there's a little like, and yet they share no screen time. So, so sad.
2: Matt Lawrence, <laughs> not in this episode.
0: <laughs> but um, the idea of Topanga just talking to another woman, first and foremost, was impressive, let alone having a conversation as a married woman and being able to gush about just being married. I loved this scene because I loved A. The expression of t- showing Topanga just be happy that she's married and that she's in love with her man, and you wore him out, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that leads, <laughs> I was gonna say, that leads me to my second joke where uh, Mrs. Nelson is like, My husband's also sleeping. She's like, Did you wear him out? and she goes, In a way, and i
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep, like, Over time, <laughs> yep,
0: <laughs> great joke, absolutely. So good. And, uh, and then we meet the other, um, I guess what you could say. Roll call. This is John Engle, who plays Mr. Nelson, and he runs into Corey, and he's like, "Is your honeymoon ain't it?" <laughs> like, and I also love like the ideas of the two different versions of someone being like, "You're on your honeymoon," for mm-hmm. the woman, she's like, "Oh, you happy and you all smiles." I know you on your honeymoon because you still like this man. And then <laughs> for the man, he's like, "Oh, I know you on your honeymoon because you still getting it."
2: Yep. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> the Nelsons play an important part to the story as they introduce the idea of retiring on the island, staying at this place that they love so much, and they kind of plant the seed for Corey and Topanga. And as the days goes on, they're enjoying their honeymoon, and then they Corey has the idea for them to stay, and this is what I wanted to talk to you guys about. Okay. Because yes, to everything you guys were saying about gentrification and colonization, especially with like everything that's going on in Hawaii right now, like I, all of these conversations are very relevant, but there's a third conversation I think that's also equally relevant, which is Americans being like, Hey, could we do this easier somewhere else? Which I kind of think is a fair conversation for Corey and Topanga to be like, Hey, we could actually afford to live here. I can start a small business. That small business, for whatever reason, takes off. And I am now able to support you in this place that we love. Like... Maybe it is not that crazy of a conversation to be like, let's explore this like, I know that it's supposed to be this idea of just like they're swept up and like the idea of a vacation, but maybe it's just the 2024 me that's kind of being like, I don't know, they kind of got some good points.
1: No, it, it was a lot of good points. Uh, I watched the episode with my girlfriend, who was very much on board with all of Corey's. Uh, <laughs> of, it's, if we ever mentioned going to a place, she wants to stay there because of, like you said, the 2024 of it all, like America does have a lot of things going on or whatever. So like it is very easy to be like, why is everything so hard there? And I could just come here and make things so much easier for myself. Why would I? Choose the struggle
0: <laughs> i am not gonna i'm not going to say that there isn't specifically with this storyline let's let's isolate it to where it's just the nelsons and the matthews that storyline in itself i think it's worthy i think the idea of corey being like hey all those years that Phoebe's class like the, we, we've talked very adamantly about the fact that this show is like college is a must you must go to college you will not be successful if you don't and it pushes college on every single young character. This, when he goes, look, we started a business. We got a small business loan and we are already being able to like take care of ourselves and make a living. Maybe college isn't necessary, at least at this point in time. I don't disagree with that because we're all exploring different pathways. And I even like that they don't make the business the reason that they go back. They actually just go back for family and for connection. And that's important. I like that part of it. I like that the Nelsons are like, look, if we're going to look at it, the Nelsons are an old retired couple. They have earned the right. They are like, look, where we live is cold. And I ain't trying to deal with a cold every day. (laughs) I'm old. I want to be somewhere where it's nice and warm. I like that as well. It's the surrounding parts of it. It's the ookie. And Mookie of it all. It's the we're from Ohio and and we are holding an election, you know, like yeah. and the other party are communists, you know, like it's that part that I have a problem with. Not Corey and Topanga exploring alternatives to living and as Corey says,
2: serving the man. <laughs> Sure. And I, you know what? I think the bigger issue, and Miles made a great point, that he's like, I kind of see this as a trilogy, and I don't know if you were talking about the getting ready episode before the wedding, yeah. the wedding and this one.
1: Yeah.
2: I think that it's actually like the next episode plays a really big part, because the reason why they're able to even have this conversation is because these two have not talked about next steps. They Mm. are clearly just like, hey, we're here, might as well stay. It's not like we have jobs lined up. It's not like we have a place to stay. It's not like we have any thought about what our future goals are so we can kind of you know play it to the wind and do whatever and obviously this is the storyline that's going to come back when they get back to philadelphia um but i feel like the fact that they didn't address that at all was interesting because that's the only reason why they're even able to explore the idea of staying is because they had no plans for their future as a married couple which is why to me the
0: nelsons are so important i i love the addition of the nelsons to this episode for two reasons one we get more of that intergenerational storytelling t- and lessons like Corey and topanga learn lessons from the nelsons even though the nelsons aren't their teachers they are able to observe alone and understand like a life lesson from these two and since we're always talking about the fact that Corey is in fact like written to be an old jewish man it would make sense that he would bond with an old couple on his honeymoon like i like this they feel believable as Corey and topinga's friends Hmm. the thing is and and even they leave for a reason that makes sense which is like hey they don't say you guys don't have a plan they say look we miss our family. And when course like, but you're going to come back, right? Our Tamanga says that. She's like, you know what? We'll see you guys later. It was nice meeting you. That's all you need to know that these people are going to choose to be around family. I, I, I love this part of it, but I do kind of wish we had some sort of conversation on the Nelsons who have worked and are retiring here and are here not as an escape, but as a reward for a sure. life worth of work versus Corey, who, even though I support his, I support the idea of going and finding a lifestyle that you can afford and sustain without a college or education if you don't want to do college. I, I like that idea, that pathway. I don't like the idea that it is escapism and they don't really say that they bring the family in as the reason that they go back and not the idea that we're trying to escape
1: from uh they ran right up to the issue of like them not having it figured out and like you said like it being a reward for the other couple but not if they weren't there in that journey that part of their relationship yet yeah, they're not there yet that's what they could be and they could be a reward for them later to move to a place like this but as of now they have to do things and get like figured out and Finish the steps that they're currently in in school and all of these things to get to that point. And it seemed like it could have been a good thing for Topanga to bring up or whatever. Like if in a world where we had maybe more minutes in the episode or maybe there was a scene in there we don't know they got cut or something. But it does seem to be like a in a that could have been their first like marriage conversation to have. Like, hey, now we now we're in it, and then that doesn't work out. That's not real. Like, but maybe it would have snapped them back to reality too fast, and so they didn't want to have that conversation. I don't know.
2: You know, I I think that this episode, um, you you guys had both mentioned it kind of feels season seven. I feel like a reason for that is because some of the storylines and the lessons that are taught the season kind of mirror episodes that we've had in the past. And I couldn't help but to think of season four, episode one, You Can't Go Home Again, when Eric is on his road trip and he stops at the rest stop and he's like, I might as well just stay. A guy like you could do well here and had a very similar, like, message of just like, well, you don't want to settle or you don't want to give up or you don't want to leave something behind or run away. Like it just kind of almost had this kind of very like shunning the idea of thinking of a life outside of what was expected of you in a way that kind of mirrored this lesson in storyline a lot
0: And I to your point, I love that you said that because I didn't think about home. You can't go home again, but I do think there were such a, it's almost like a repeat in a different way of you're in a new place you could be mayor of this town, you know, like, like you're elev, you're succeeding so quickly. And in this way, it's not because everyone else is dumb or because like, it's for no other reason than this population is small enough. And you are a big fish in a small pond. That is the difference. Um, And I think that if we would be able to acknowledge that even like if Corey had been like, oh, I see what Eric was talking about. Or you know or, or if Eric's whole thing when they decide to stay is to remind Corey of, you know, like I understand that we're not doing this because at this point in time they're not expecting people to binge, they're not expecting people to think about what happened in season 4, but if we had just made a through line between season 4 and this episode, I feel like it would elevate it.
2: Yeah. It, it, work as companion pieces almost. Um one uh, thing I have to say, I loved the carved coconuts bits. I I <laughs> thought it was a lot of fun. I I loved the coconator I thought Ben was clearly having so much fun being silly and wacky in a way that I actually think doesn't make him annoying. He was probably the least annoying this episode that I found him all season or even this previous season. Like I loved Ben in this episode. He's the coconut guy, and she misses the coconut guy, and it works. It works.
0: Um, On a story level, if we're going to take what Miles is saying, there is some, like, suspicion of belief that you have to have that Topanga got a loan. Like, they just signed up for a loan. They opened the a bank account. All of these stuff. And I'm like, okay, when y'all have this
1: random hidden talent that has never been displayed. Like, he, all this time, he's been, like, looking for his thing. Meanwhile, he's been able to have this talent... <laughs> And not
0: just him, Eric, too. Like, what was Amy and Alan doing with these boys where they just both can carve coconuts? Right.
1: <laughs> they need but, to be someone these at the store that they own or something. Like, what are we you know,
0: The connection to the produce is good. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs>
1: I love it. Yeah. Um, but yeah just, panga I, getting a
2: loan uh did you ever see that eddie murphy snl sketch where like he dresses up as a white man and goes into a bank and they're just giving him money for free like yeah. she's she's in a new place you're she's buying dresses with bananas of course she got approved for a loan yeah. of course. See, you know what i
0: think again this is like it's way too ahead of its time for them to do this but if we had done something to the line of arrested development where she goes, uh, it's shoplifting and I'm white. I think I'll be okay. Like, I think that if Tobago had been like, I walked into the bank and they just gave me money. Yeah. Like, you're like, yes, because that, that would have been like, perfect. Oh, yep. Lean into it,
2: add a little Seinfeld to this, kind of make them a little shitty, but in a fun way. I'm yeah. here for it. Absolutely.
0: Um, but my whole thing was y'all going back to the States. What's happening with that loan, baby girl? Like, <laughs> you can't just return a loan. <laughs>
1: Again, throw
2: that logic out. <laughs> yeah Throw that logic out. Um, I do have to say there are some really well written things in this episode that I want to point out. One of it being throughout the entire episode, Corey and Pengu are talking about, "Oh man, the water tastes like candy. It smells like the air smells sweeter. Like everything's better here." And it's not until they start kind of reminiscing about their friends and family that Corey goes man, it's it's hot all of a sudden, right? And they don't make a big deal about it, but it just is a perfectly written way of showing that the rose-colored glasses have been taken off and he's kind of seeing the reality of the situation for the first time. And I thought they did it in such an elegant way that usually they would kind of something or, or like kind of make it a little too apparent but i just thought that was really simple and well done there was
1: so many subtle like brilliant lines and then the tie into that line then to the line at the very end where they're like oh it was like paradise that sounds like paradise and then cory looked around at everybody and he was like almost because like this almost. is paradise being around all my loved ones and it that's a of-
2: classic michael jacobs moment it was
1: sitcom gold like yeah it was yeah. such a good closer like it's just there's just so many very well done lines there. and i
0: think that that's kind of my problem with this episode is that to what tony was saying earlier it's so close to being perfect because what you said when when Corey goes like with the nelsons are like hey the kids made the playoffs you know like we we gotta be there Like that, like that whole scene is good. And I get their motivation and I know why they're doing it. And I understand that no matter how great this place is, there is something about being there for the ones that you love. I got it in that scene. The Eric of it all. I was going to say this episode.
2: This dude makes no sense in this episode whatsoever. Like he doesn't even really do anything to help Cory and Spang. I think the, mo- the closest he comes to helping them is getting music to play as they start to dance. But I truly feel that if they had just had music just start playing as they were dancing, it was just like, oh, it's just the magic of, of our honeymoon. You could have had that same effect without like getting so over-the-top Looney Tunes with it. And, like, Eric talking to a spider saying, hello, bird, I was like, this dude, like, they can't decide how dumb to make him. They truly can't. This is peak Will being inspired
0: by Jim Carrey. Like, at this, like we've heard them say that, you know, like, Jim Carrey was his idol at this point in time, and I feel like all I see, all I get from this is Jim Carrey Ace Ventura. on ace ventura jim carrey and living color like i'm getting that from will's performance in this and it makes me sad because a i know will can do better b i know the writers can do better and c every single scene still works if you remove eric so for me i'm like why is he here and you can't tell me that it's because oh you need him to like fill his uh, episode requirement because everyone else, like, if it had just been the three of them, all episode, I would have been like, oh, it's because they needed all three of them to hit their contract requirement. But the fact that everyone else shows up later at the end of the episode and they just get, like, a quick
2: five seconds, I'm like, oh, we could have had Eric there. And they've mentioned on the podcast that they get paid whether they show- they're in the episode or not at this point.
1: Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the episode guarantee is monetary. You don't have to be there to get that check. <laughs> but I do agree going back to the point you made earlier at the beginning is that it probably was to balance out the fact that this is very much like a romantic comedy drama V like uh episode. If you take his elements away. And so to, and it's also a very horny episode if you take his elements away. So to balance that out for like the younger viewing audience, I think it was the perfect way to just like throw in some crazy z- zany moments to like almost, distract you from the horniness of it all or you know you know miles
2: we've had a few people on the show that are related to boy meets world at this point and one of the things that they've kind of mentioned is that they all acknowledged how talented wilfredo was and at this point there were certain episodes where they would just be like eric does something funny and it kind of feels like this episode is filled with now we'll just kind of do something funny
1: for sure, and I, I agree And it. But it, the thing is, like, I didn't hate it because even though logically it's not necessary and it didn't make logi- logistical sense, but he is so good at it. Like you said, he, you could see that Jim Carrey, Lucille Ball, like, his physical comedy was at its peak. So, like, right. I, appreciate it. I appreciated it so much. Like, it was just always funny. If Again, you throw out the logic and you just, like, take the bit for the bit. He was so good at it. Like, there was a moment when... uh. This old lady, he was pretending to be a coconut and the old lady was about to hit him with a hammer Mm -hmm. and he stopped pretending to be a hammer. He grabbed it and said, how about I crack you open like a coconut? Like it was so fun. Like it was just so many moments where I'm like, yes, this is peak physical humor, like his little voices he was doing. The bit where he was uh you where he started the music, like he said, he was constructing the orchestra. Like how was he an orchestra constructor? Throwing it out the window, we don't care. But him, <laughs>
2: him It was very Bugs Bunny, yeah.
1: Very Bugs Bunny. So like him conducting the orchestra and then like him like being like, it's hot and starting to point it to me and be like, you, 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 and then he was messing up the music as he was pointing. It was all very cartoony, like you said, very Bugs Bunny, but like I think they felt like that balance was needed and also they just wanted to let him rock and shine and like show all the Things that he could do. I
0: feel like to me, it's not that it does, the episode doesn't need levity because I wrote, I wrote down that they needed comic relief in this. I feel like they could have given him either his own storyline, again, like make it to where he's trying to get there to make up for it, to make it up to them. So, you know, it's like he's at the airport trying to get on. And then as soon as he gets there and lands, they come back. Or it's some kind of if, if I'm gonna be honest, write, write, <laughs> I guess it's like the best way I can say it. Write a storyline for Eric. Make it make Eric and make Will have reason to do whatever they're doing. To me, it does feel a little like they loved watching Will do whatever he could, so they just wrote scenes him to be there but it starts to feel like Urkel in the later season. Yeah, you know what I'm sure. saying like I wrote I, it down I, go ahead. ahead
2: I was just gonna say if I will say though if I were like writer watching this with Indy I would imagine Indy loving the Will stuff like I think Eric is written to appease that younger demographic of TGIF and I think there's a certain kid kind of kid that would find what Eric did very funny even if it doesn't make sense from a writing point of view but exactly. see, he does
0: this is That's interesting it. to me that you say that because let's think about this. Boy Meets World has not been trying to target the young audience in quite some time. You're absolutely so right. Why, why, why <laughs> this episode? Like my whole thing is I could see that yeah. if we weren't in college. Like, y'all have leveled up. Y'all have said we are not trying to hit that 10-year-old demographic. So if you personally have moved your storytelling from that audience, you can't also say, and now. On this particular week, we're trying to go. Again, we've talked about this before. If that's the case, if you want storyline with kids, Morgan is right there. You have Morgan speaking. So we know that she could have had some lines. Have her and Eric have a storyline, whatever it may be. But it's not because you want the children. It's because you just wanted the
2: jokes. You just wanted to see Will perform. That's it. Uh, that's such a great point because literally last season a baby almost died like they were not <laughs> trying at all to appease that younger demographic and if they wanted to why not bring in the baby this is classic sitcom w- you know a few seasons in the kids grow up bring in a little Nikki, bring in the cousin oliver bring in leonardo dicaprio the growing pains it's a classic sitcom move to add in young blood when you want to reach that audience they are specifically choosing not to do that so to have episodes where will gets all looney tunesy kind of does feel like it's coming out of nowhere it feels very jarring it feels very extreme when they've painted the show to be so serious especially coming off the heels of season six which is so notoriously dark
1: there i think the the humor like my favorite lines in this episode are like almost throwaways and like the humor outside of the eric of it all they're all very subtle very throwaway, like they don't sit there with the laugh and all of that. So, like, I just feel like I don't know if it was like a standards and practices thing. Cause also, again, like this whole thing is about them having sex and that uh, the after effects and then them getting swept up in the honeymoon of it all. So, like, I don't need to know if they needed a distraction from all of that or some kind of a balance for other purposes. I don't know. I
2: can't no. wait to hear them talk about this episode.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's that's the thing that's interesting is because when you watch, like, when I watch this now. I do think, oh my god, what is Writer gonna think about this? What is Will gonna think about his performance? Because, like, they they often talk about the like even the writers who come on our show are like, Will begged us to stop being so silly, and then we wrote something that was even sillier. Like the idea that you said we are being Bugs Bunny in this. We literally end with Eric in a stew getting eaten alive by cannibals. Yeah, is how this what? So, but here's the thing. If that's the, it, my whole thing is, if that's the case, you know what Lily Tunes had? Structure, storytelling. It made sense. Bugs Bunny didn't do these things for no reason. He had a reason to dress up this way. He had a reason to be in a stew. If we're going to be crazy and weird like this, he, we have a storyline where they are constantly, this brings the cop back in. Have the cop constantly be chasing Eric and Eric is in different disguises. So that's why he's over here. That's why he's in a stew pot at the end because he's hiding from a cop. Like, have give me just a little bit of reason. Can I
2: ask you guys a just question? A little bit. Would you guys have a, a, enjoyed an episode where it was flashing back and forth between Cory and Topinga's honeymoon and Eric in prison because of the wedding I- issue, yes. like in jail for like <laughs> a holiday yes. weekend and him just yes. trying to get through the weekend? That would have been yes.
0: Because here's the thing, you want to know why that works. Because it's not like Eric's scenes in in this don't break away from the main storyline anyway. Mm-hmm. Like that's the thing. It's like he's already a distraction, so you can't say, "Oh, if we did that, it would have been drawing to the audience." It's like and
1: it been drawing, but it would have like twisted the logic because then you're like, "Well, why is he in jail? How they get out, even though he started it, they participate." So it's like it's a whole logical thing. But if you just pretend that they never went to jail. Then you don't have to think about any of that. <laughs> Once you, put you person in it's really messy. Yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I'm loving it. I like I I can't say that I can't say that I don't see a world into which they could tell the exact same story in a different way. Or again, as you were saying, the comedy that's really hitting are like Ben Ben doing his little voices with the coconut. Like having like let like that little thing that they do in sitcoms where he's been there for like five seconds and he already has an enemy, someone (laughs) who's like a competing coconut stand or whatever. Like that's classic sitcom comedy that we would enjoy. If we need to make this lighter, I feel like there's a way to do it that's still sitcom, that's still fun, that's still zany. And we get like, you know, we see
2: their lives there. We learn a little bit more about the community. And- and, uh... I would to your point, I will say that in like I, I was kind of saying this last episode, I feel like Corey and Topanga deserve more. Throughout the entire wedding episode, Topanga is hardly at any point the center of attention or the center of the storyline. So to have an episode of just Cory and Topanga, almost like a bottle episode, it would be it would have been really interesting to see what that would have been like to have those two together. Yeah.
0: I want to say, no one acknowledges the fact that. It seems like they extended their trip, does it not? Because at first they were like, oh, we're going to stay a little longer. It's been six days. Then when they get there, Feeny's like, you've been here for 12 days. Yeah. I'm not saying that honeymoons can't last for 12 days. Mine lasted 21. I'm saying no one acknowledged the fact that they stayed longer.
2: (laughs) Well, it's not like they have jobs to come back to. It's not like they have responsibilities. Like, right. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, they have school, but it's college. Like, you don't really got to do anything but pass the test if we be real. You don't got to go to all them classes in college.
1: But they would just fail you for missing days in college.
0: <laughs> like, but, yeah, is, but Here's the thing. you right. Here's the thing. I think we should all acknowledge. They ain't paying for college,
2: so they—they they like <laughs> I
0: don't understand the problem. You miss a few classes, you take it again.
2: <laughs> right. Mm. Back um, when like a semester was like three hundred dollars. uh, could you imagine? <laughs> Now that's how much a sprite is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, okay, but they come back, and everyone's there. Everyone's happy to
2: see them. By the way, Angela looks so Looks amazing. Good. Looks amazing. I'm so glad you
1: said that, because I was like, uh, can we just get a whole episode of her just looking like this? Because what is happening over here? Like, she looked amazing.
0: I love I love that you said it, and it's in my note. And all three of us looked at Angela and said, <laughs>
1: Like, I don't know if they had like a different makeup. I don't know what it was. Thank but, you. Man, I was like, okay, like, we've been missing her this whole time. She should have been popping up in the honeymoon looking like this instead <laughs> exactly. of interviewing. Well, we exactly.
0: We needed more of that. <laughs> she looked amazing this episode. And to your point, I don't know who did hair and makeup this week, but they were on it. I love it. It came um, through. But we come and the family, you know, like, they're back. They're like, hey, and they just kind of let us know that next week we're going back to our, our sitcom format. Um, we're going to be introducing the show to Corey and Topanga, the couple, the married couple. Yeah. Um. And, uh, and as you said earlier, Miles, it ends on the note of, uh, it sounds like paradise almost. And I do think that that was very, a good way to end the episode and a very Michael Jacobs moment to your point, T. Da, 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 da. Okay. So you guys, is there anything else you want to say about this episode?
2: Um, anything else I want to say about this episode? I don't think so. I think we covered everything. Miles, anything else you got?
1: Yeah, we hit all my notes, man.
0: Okay, so that said do you what you get to choose your broad moment it's not if you have one which is the one you
2: would like to choose i feel like i'm going up to the giant wheel and wheel of fortune spinning just
0: to
1: see which one it
0: lands on i'll take problematic for 500
1: i'm wondering which one y'all gonna choose i'm trying to choose the opposite like wait which one's gonna be on the board still when i get up to pick uh all right Uh, who's gonna go first you
0: go first you let our guests go first
1: Okay. Uh. Okay. I'm gonna pick. I mean, I somebody probably else already had this down too, but it was mentioned earlier when he said I went to jail and spent the night with a guy named Sheila. Yeah. I it rubbed me the wrong way for so many reasons because first of all, I didn't even like find it funny. Yeah. Yeah. There were so many amazing jokes in here, so like no shade to whoever wrote it. It's, it's such a good, so many funny moments, but that line in particular, I was like, I don't. There's no specificity in the joke, so I don't know what you're saying by this like is is it a trans person is it a like what is the Mm. do you just turn into a man uh, a woman like i don't is it it a boy named ashley like is that the joke like i don't get it i I just didn't get the joke or what they were trying to say and whatever they were trying to say it felt like it was wrong or cruel so (laughs) i just didn't appreciate it i could have did without it it didn't it wasn't it didn't go well for me
2: um, I'm going to spin the wheel and I'm going to land on uh, Eric being excited to be arrested. This is a privilege that uh, we are not afforded in any way to be excited to ride the paddy wagon. I'm glad he was excited. Uh, that sentiment is not shared amongst me or the three strike community that this was released to. Uh,
0: I'm not going to lie. The, this was hard because I feel like there are so many good nominees um, for my, for this award today, but I'm going to go with the naming of the people in the community, Uki and Mookie and like all of those things. Like I felt like that, like if someone even would have been like, your name is Karen, like it would have at least made it a little less, but like n- naming them that, kind of making fun of uh, tropical culture in this way. Like that whole idea, it was just a step
2: too far for me. I can get behind just about anything else. But like that, I was like, we didn't have to do this. You know what's interesting about that is that we tied this episode in relation to 401. Um, you Can't Go Home Again, and that was Writer Strong's exact opinion about how that show episode betrayed the so-called country bumpkins or the country folk of that yep. episode. It's almost as if Boy Meets World can't teach a lesson about outside cultures or traveling outside of Philadelphia without punching down in some way. And so yeah. it's, it's interesting to see that mirror. Speaking of Philadelphia, he says...
0: So I thought this was so interesting because he goes... Um, he says something about, like, do you want to go back? They're probably, sanitation is probably on strike right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I looked it up because I was like, was there a strike in Philadelphia around this time? There was a teacher's strike, but I didn't see anything on sanitation. Hmm. So, like, if you if you are aware, if you live in Philly and you know of what Corey was talking about in particular, please put it, but I just thought that was a weird thing to include, and then for there not to be anything directly or maybe like you know what i looked in philadelphia maybe it was la that there was a strike and i was gonna say
1: it may have been here i also just remember maybe it was of the time too but being in like movies and tv shows in that era where like sanitation workers would just be on strike i don't know if they were striking more often or like if that those are that was the group that was known to strike so that was just what they used but i do remember in multiple tv shows and movies. you you didn't
0: live in single to your point there's a whole storyline so
2: yeah i've seen that in a few too but i will also say that Corey is not a homeowner this motherfucker lives on the college dorm what does he care about a sanitation strike that's a very good point um
1: i just want to say i'm surprised that uh no i mean there was somebody to choose from so not too surprised but also we didn't choose the moment where he gets cooked at the end and eaten
0: I get, so again, mean my, mean, my, my yeah, yeah, cannibals, cannibals like, oh, didn't minutes. make the top Like, 10 three. more minutes,
1: what
0: do you mean? <laughs> then what? <laughs> See, but that, at, to your point, at that point in time, we're Bugs Bunny in yeah. that particular scene. <laughs> and
1: that's literally another thing that they did to Bugs Bunny. Like, yeah. So, like, yeah, it was in very. That,
0: in that realm, we're Bugs Bunny. And I'm like, anything that's happening here, we've already just. at this point in time is 1999. So we've already river danced all over whatever culture this is supposed to be. Yeah. So I wasn't as protective because if anything, I'm like, at least it's over. <laughs> and,
2: and yeah, it says so much about the episode that there's legit hints of cannibalism thrown into the story. And we're just, we're not even mentioning it. It's not even coming up in conversation. Like make the this episode three. is all over the place.
1: Although <laughs> like the moment before it was like a classic sitcom gold moment. And then like, they it didn't end it there. They decided to do the extra beat. If,
2: if they had came back with just the, like the music and the credits, Perfect end to the episode. <laughs> yeah. No one would have complained.
1: Not a complaint ever.
0: So, um, speaking of this episode being all over the place, what grade are you giving this episode? We will start with you, Miles.
1: As crazy as it was, I'm still giving it a B. Like, the okay. at the end was just sitcom gold. And, like, they wrapped it all up. Again, there were so many amazing jokes, the subtlety of the humor uh it was just great and then if you just take it on face value for like the greatness that Will was giving us with the physical comedy that was amazing the logic was a little bit all over the place so that's the reason for the bump down otherwise like yeah i i really appreciate it i loved it
2: i agree across the board i'm going to give this episode a b minus but yeah i just i it was a little zany at moments but the Cory and Topanga of it, this is probably my favorite Cory and Topanga episode I've had, and I can't remember. Like, yeah. season, since season five, since before Lauren, maybe? Like, I don't know that I've liked them as a couple as much as I have in this episode, so I feel yeah. like that goes a long way.
1: And, and, it was great to see Danielle, like you said, have her moments, too, by herself and with the other actress. Like, we hadn't seen her interact like that, so, like, get her POV on t- things. That was that was really great.
0: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I think that as much as I loved everything that you guys talked about, like I actually genuinely enjoyed this episode and especially compared to like some of the other episodes that we've been getting, I do think that I personally can't overlook the disrespecting of the culture. I can't overlook um, kind of like this, the uncomfortableness of the beginning of the episode and the fact that Eric's storyline doesn't feel like it was thought out. Um, so I'm gonna give it a C C+. But I don't want it to, like, that's, like, my grade. I do not want people to think that I didn't enjoy this episode because I thoroughly did. And it's actually, maybe it was because TC told me it was a terrible episode (laughs) that I'm able to, like, look at it differently. But I looked at this, and I was pleasantly surprised in what I got. Absolutely. Okay. uh, So, Miles, we have come to the part of the show where we do our homework. You have anything that you want to promote anything that you want to give to our audience as homework, what you got, what you, what you come with.
1: Ooh, I just want to tell everybody now that I can, and I couldn't talk about it before go watch and find at your age. It's a funny sitcom. If you love TGIF shows again, golden girls living single. Uh, it was created by an amazing woman named Allison Faust who worked on my wife and kids and everybody hates Chris so many favorite shows that you love. So, like, if you love any of those things I mentioned, go find Actor Age and it'll be on Netflix soon. But right now, you can probably just Google it or find it on Amazon. Please go watch it and run those streams up.
2: I'm uh, so excited. Watch
1: episodes, so, watch episode eight and 11, especially so I can get those. Uh, 0. 0001 <laughs> cents checked.
0: <laughs> 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 you may be able to buy a coconut. Maybe, or sprite. No.
2: <laughs> Tell <Exactly. laughs> Tony, what's your own Um, I am going to throw out the Netflix documentary, The Greatest Night in Pop. I don't know if you guys have seen this. It is a documentary detailing the creation of the We Are the World song that mm-hmm. Quincy Jones, Lionel Richie, and Michael Jackson put together the night of the American Music Awards. So... um. Basically, the documentary follows... Um, the kind of journey, I think Harry Belafonte was the first one who came up with this idea, but all of these Black celebrities banding together being like, hey, you know, they're doing things in the UK to help Africa, but we aren't doing anything. We should do something. And how quickly it just blew up and grew and how they were able to get the biggest names of entertainment and how they were able to book them all and how they were able to like work out everyone's schedule because Lionel Richie was actually hosting the American Music Awards that night. So he had to host and then show up to we are the world and sing and it's so detailed and it's such a great behind the scenes view of how um, just the recording process being able to see all of these incredible singers Tina Turner, Bruce Springsteen, um, you know, Michael Jackson just everyone just shooting the shit just like making each other laugh like Huey Lewis being given Prince solo because Prince didn't show up last minute and him having to sing after Michael Jackson and feeling nervous about it like so many cool behind the scenes stories that from like a pop culture lover it's it's such like a great snapshot to like one of the greatest moments in, in rock and roll history so um yeah the greatest night in pop it's on Netflix and I I just highly recommend it it's a great 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 documentary
0: I love that. That's very interesting. Um, Even like some of the things you were saying, having to replace Prince is not something I would want the way to do it.
1: so funny you mentioned, I didn't know that that doc existed, but I saw online today, someone mentioned uh, that he pulled out because he just thought that it was like too much going on or something. I saw a very small snippet of something. And I was like, why is this random information floating around about this old thing that happened a long time ago, but now that makes sense. So I'm going to definitely go check that out. Yeah.
2: They had one night to record it. They were literally there till 6 AM after the music awards and they waited all night for Prince to show up and he, they finally realized he wasn't coming and yeah, great. You, You can check out the documentary. It gets into it, but yeah, it's really interesting.
0: Prince is a diva we don't talk about enough. <laughs> like,
2: like I don't you know want... about the Prince biopic. I know everyone's excited about the MJ biopic, but we have Jackson's American Dream. I don't need another one. I want to see the Prince biopic.
0: I feel like if they did a Prince biopic, Prince himself would come back from the grave and pimp slap whoever had the audacity.
1: Yeah, we're still <laughs> afraid of that man, even though he's not here right now. That's why he's not doing <laughs> that movie. It's not <laughs> he's not clearing the rights for none of that from the grave. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I yeah. love the idea that like no, it's probably it probably is in his will somewhere. There's like you lifetime better not even try yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, um, uh, my homework this week is a movie. um uh, this this episode should be coming out the week of Valentine's Day. We just had like our honeymoon episode. I am going to talk about the movie Lisa Frankenstein. Uh, I had the privilege of seeing a screening early uh, and it has just come out uh, by the time this episode comes out. And I had so much fun. This movie is like it reminds me of the uh, accumulation of all things 80s like but like I don't know how to describe it other than much like the name Lisa Frankenstein where it's like Lisa Frank and the Frankenstein Tale. it is a mashup of something like Heathers and 16 candles. it just like it's constantly putting these two really 80s love story things but also like that 80s dark humor and it marries it so well it uh it was really fun to watch. it was really good performances and the idea alone of just constantly ping-ponging back and forth between that 80s Tim Burton style and the uh John Hughes style of a movie like those are the two lanes that you got if you were 18 in the 80s and that's exactly what this movie tries to be and i think it it rides the line perfectly and it also is an updated tale of frankenstein that makes sense um so yeah anyway i'm like loving these new interpretations and new ideas that we are kind of bringing to the forefront um a few weeks ago i did poor things and i was gonna
2: say that there are lots of frankenstein moments going on
0: we're getting it you know what i heard that universal is planning on making a whole theme park area about their monsters in so orlando can, yeah their new world yeah, yeah i can see them being like hey as long as you get our name out there if you got a good frankenstein idea go ahead make it if you got a good i think frankenstein
1: universe that they were supposed to make There's, i think it was originally supposed to kick off with a frankenstein movie like five or six years ago or something but like
2: that I I... universe fell apart quicker than the dcu it <laughs> fell apart so fast but i do think that frankenstein like is past the hundred year copyright like i think anyone can just make a frankenstein movie like i think it's like winnie the pooh like anyone can jump in that makes sense actually so either way um that's another thing like really
0: quickly the thing about frankenstein is not only is it one of the first horror movies and Uh, books and stories and all this other stuff it was written by a woman Mm -hmm. and it kind of launched off all of these things and the idea of bringing that story back to uh, a woman telling this story and a female lens of creating the perfect man or why you would want to create your own companion Uh, again it's really fun i like lisa frankenstein i think everyone should go see it that's that's my homework Okay. Thank you, Miles, so much for joining us again. Uh, we look forward to watching your show. We look forward to speaking to you once again. We appreciate all the time that you're willing to spend with us and your, your insider information for this episode.
2: Thank Miles, where can our listeners find you? Where how can they support you going forward? Where can they link up?
1: Find together? me on every uh, social media app that you can find. I will not mention the site formerly known as the other thing, but uh, <laughs> I'm still there hanging around. But I'm on all the new things as well. So just uh, look up at Really Mighty R E A L L Y M I G H T Y, and you will be able to find me on all your social media platforms.
0: Really mad at Thank you so much, Miles. And for you guys, uh, if you have any commentary on this week's episode, or if you want to support, make sure that you are reaching out to us at Brummie's World at all the places like Miles is. And you can also email us at brummie'sworld at gmail.com. You guys continue to support our Patreon, we appreciate it. You guys have been growing those numbers up. Uh, same thing with YouTube. Go ahead, click that subscribe button. We appreciate those as well. Don't forget to give us a rating. And as always,
2: we have merch. So go we ahead. have new merch because of our Paul Meets World stuff is released. Yes, yes, those things were really fun. We had the
0: conversation about Dog Meets World. I saw an opportunity, I took it, and. Honestly, you guys are rewarding it. So go ahead and check out that Paul meets world of uh, stuff. Get to see—I've been calling them Claw Hunter.
2: <laughs> so adorable! I and- want to see this show in real life. I have to have it. <laughs> exactly.
0: All right, you guys. Uh, until then, remember to dream. Remember to try.
2: Do good. Do Yay! good. <laughs> hey, okay. <laughs> I
1: didn't know if I was going
2: to get the privilege to close it. I love yeah, it. Oh, wait, alright, no, 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 no. Do some damn good. Later, bros. Later, bros. This episode of Prom Meets World was produced by CJ and edited by Tony Curtis. Prom Meets World is a two free tokens media production. Bye. Bye.
1: When the spawn meets world.